0: In 3, 20. Now.
1: One, I would let my children go. Absolutely not if I felt that they weren't safe.
0: Businesses this, this are suffering all over this. shorty energy regulator has to look at these price rises and say, Are these justified?
3: The you take the kids, we'll take the bags. The kindness in her words. Do you know what? I felt the tears. So join the
1: conversation. Call 0818 96, 96, 96. Extra
0: WhatsApp 083 396
1: Email opinion at 96 FM. This
0: is. The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan March 96 FM.
4: Among other things this morning uh, As soon as we hear from the courts uh, We'll head down and get an update on that story The man charged with the murder of 89-year-old Matthew Healy Scheduled to appear before Cork District Court this morning. Generally, the court sits around half past ten. So if we have anything from that, we'll bring it to you as soon as we have it. There is a name circulating, there is an identity circulating all over social media. Conventionally, it's best practice that we do not use that name until a person has appeared in court, and that is how it shall continue. But if we do get anything from the courts... We'll bring it to you as soon as we do Also later this morning and Operation Transformation is in full swing At the moment And look, you either love it or you hate it Or you don't watch it at all I'll be talking to a registered dietitian Who believes it should be taken off the telly And scrapped and she'll be telling me why a bit later on this morning. Good morning to you. 0818 96 96, 96, 96 is the number. Now, I just start off by saying if there are small ears around, it might be best if they were distracted with something later for the next few minutes because our first topic of conversation is quite adult and definitely not suitable for children. And I say that because parents across Cork have expressed their concerns after a very Disturbing and upsetting video has been doing the rounds in schools around cork it 's going around through social media channels and Adrian Acton you wrote about this in the last few days it is a it is a suicide video good morning
5: good morning p j It is um how I came across it was my teenage son who tells me uh, who's you know he pretty much tells me everything which is sometimes not great with a teenage son, but there you go um, he had Come home and said that he wanted to show me something, but he wasn't quite sure whether he should or not, as I might find it upsetting. Right. So we sat and I watched this. Now it's about three minutes, three and a half minutes long, and it's of a gentleman taking his own life. Oh dear. Now, PJ, this this man doesn't swallow a fist of valium, you know, wash it down with vodka probably, and lie down and wait for the for the, the, age the
4: to nature so. of what he does is probably best not.
5: Okay, sorry, too uh, openly, but. Okay, um, he... Yeah. Can I tell you what's, what he does?
4: Go, briefly. Keep it... Well, okay,
5: yeah. well, he decides to take his own life and to do that, he uses the double barrel shotgun. Oh, that God, he
4: okay, that's enough. That's enough. That's enough. That's yeah. enough.
5: Um, now, I was shocked and stunned and all these other things and I'm looking at this young man across from me, my son, who is... You know, six foot tall, and like all boys, think they know it all, and they can run the world. And he's sitting there with this furrowed brow, PJ, and he's looking at me as if I'm supposed to advise him on this. Now, I have to tell you, PJ, I'm 51 years of age, I didn't know how to handle it.
4: It's wonderful that he comes to you.
5: It is, it is absolutely wonderful. Now, it had been said, now, it was on a social media site. It had been removed from the social media site, but because some people knew it was about to be removed, it was videoed. I see,
4: I see. So Do we know where it originates? Is it is it Irish? Is it British? Is it it's, American?
5: It's, um, by the accent on the man, I would assume he is American. But look, yeah. he could be Canadian, PJ. I don't want to speak. Uh, yeah, yeah,
4: but it's not Irish.
5: It's it not does. Irish. And... Um, he does give some um, hints to his distress as he's speaking because he makes a couple of phone calls while he's live streaming this. Mm -hmm. And he's a very angry, agitated person, God help him. So um, my overwhelming sense after watching all this was just sadness, you know? I just thought, good Lord... Not only did he choose to do, had no, you know, felt no way out of this, but to live stream it. it, I was just, you know, it's just so sad. So now, um, but the reaction of my son was a bit of confusion on it. Yeah, what what,
4: what did he make of it? What did he say to you? I mean, you obviously asked him about it.
5: Yeah, well, I asked him, first of all, obviously, where he had gotten it from and who had seen it. And a group of his friends had all watched it and they had shared it among their WhatsApp. So um, some of them had laughed it off and some had said, um, oh, what an idiot for doing that. They had all completely different reactions. Now, as I said, PJ, I don't want anybody to judge that because at 51, I hadn't a clue how to react. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? I don't think I would either. Yeah. No, and I explained to him that I think the reason somebody would have waved it off or laughed is probably because they didn't know how to react to it. Because it's so just too. so shocking and appalling. And so I thought, I'm not qualified, you know, to discuss this and think that I have put it to bed with him. Do you know and, what I mean? And
4: Ethan, were you fearful of how your son might have been processing this in his young head?
5: I was absolutely fearful of it because I thought... If you no know, he had as I said he had arrived to me with this um I have no doubt that there are countless other will have others will have seen it who won't yes. say it at home for fear of either the phone being taken off them or you know that people would react in the best way they think they should, but the truth of the matter is is irrelevant of how protective you are, some of this will get through oh yeah. on phones and on videos and on whatever else, it will get through. And once one of them has it, they will share it because you're not going to keep that to yourself. No
4: no matter how up to speed we are on on the digital world, our children are digital natives and they're a step ahead of us whether we want them to be or not.
5: They are. And, you know, when you consider the fact that we've just been through COVID and what's going on in Ukraine and the cost-of-living crisis, and I thought this is just another... Nasty piece of information that I'd much before he wasn't seeing. So I, um, you still there, you are?
4: I am indeed. I'm listening. Oh, sorry,
5: to you. My, my phone made a funny noise. Okay. So I do on occasion write pieces to the echo. So I contacted Gronia McGinnis at the news desk, told her what I'd seen, and said, Grania, you know, I have to do something with this. And she reacted exactly how I thought she would. She said, absolutely go now, you know. So I spoke to Porig at Pietia. Yes who are just, thank God we have them. Um, spoke to Baric at Pieta, told him the whole story. He contacted the, re- contacted the regional uh, clinical manager and they put together the answers to my questions. Good which we put into the print paper last Thursday, and it went up on Echo Live yesterday for anybody who wishes to have a read. Because and, the and advice I'll speak to
4: Sinead from Pieta in, in a mm. moment, but can I mm. ask you to address this not as a writer or a journalist or anything, but as a parent, mm. what your fears were with your... What, what age is your boy?
5: He's 14. He's, He's f- coming up for 15.
4: 14, 15. A fan- you, you clearly have a fabulous relationship because he can bring this stuff to you, but... Yeah. And that's fantastic, but... What were your fears for him?
5: Um, That this could possibly be considered normal behavior. That he would think that if you, that you could use, that you would go through such an appalling feeling and decide that live streaming it or that, I mean, this gentleman, I can only assume, didn't seek help. Because if he would seek help, If you had spoken to someone like, you know, Pieta or someone, this is not what would have happened to him, I've no doubt. Yes, yes. Um, So my fear about this is that it wouldn't be taken as seriously as it should be. Mm -hmm. That this was just something that was circulating on WhatsApp, that they would see, that they would move on to the next thing, and that that would do psychological damage Mm -hmm. um, without it being addressed. This is a big deal.
4: Yeah. I'm seeing um, a, a message me. coming in here now, Adrian, yeah, from Sinead, who says this video is about a year old. It started okay. on TikTok okay. and was originally a live stream on, on TikTok. But it doesn't okay. really matter where it started. It, yeah. It's out there and it's landing in our kids' phones.
5: And, you know, it could have been recorded six days ago, six weeks ago. It's irrelevant of when it was recorded because um, it's re- it's relevant now. Yeah. It's relevant to whenever your child sees it. And,
4: and did you as a parent, Adrian, feel a bit mm. helpless at that point?
5: Um, like, thanks to God, the first thing I thought of was Pieta. Good, good. That right. I need advice on this. Because irrelevant of how much your child might speak to you, in, it, in when you're talking about something as awful as this, you need the professionals to give advice on it because it's the damage, something like I mean, this is so many days later, it's still on my mind. Yes. And as I said, I'm a middle aged woman.
4: And 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 your son, like you were Mm. clearly horrified by it. Mm. How do you think he his he reacted to was he horrified like you were or
5: No, he wasn't. That's what's even scarier about it. It was he kind he didn't blow it off as something just another thing he'd seen. But he said you know, why do you want to ring on it? Why are you making such a big deal about it? it? was a bigger deal to me than it seemed to be to him. Yes. Um, Which would and lead me to think what other
4: disturbing it. things are 15 year olds yeah, watching. Yeah.
5: exactly. If this is normal enough that you feel that it's you're uncomfortable enough with it that you show it at home, but you're not uncomfortable enough with it, that you think that it should be discussed at length or followed up, yes. well then that's a big, did, big worry.
4: Did, did you think that he was looking to you for yes, advice?
5: Yes, As I said, I mean, you know, they all are at this age think they could run the world. Uh, I mean, you know, he plays rugby and soccer and all these other things, and he's a confident young man, and as I said, he had a furrowed brow, as he showed it to me. But I, he said afterwards, he was more worried about showing it to me than he was about him seeing it himself.
4: Well, it's a remarkable relationship that you have that he felt it, that it, confident to come to you.
5: It is, it is, thank God. And, I, you know, um, as I said... There's also the worry that somebody would see it and remove the child's phone, or just think, "Oh, you know, the internet is dangerous. Let's plug out the modem from the wall." I, you know that, and it's not because they don't care. It's because it's in, without Pieta because and they like that. you don't know what to do. All yeah,
4: right. I'm going to leave it there with you, Adrian. I'm going to talk to Sinead Raftery from Pieta in just a couple of minutes. Um, thank you. to compliment you once again Adrian on what seems to be a wonderful relationship with with your teenage son the kind of thing any mother would treasure but he came to her for a reason why would he come to her because he thought he might seek some guidance, she was horrified and shocked at what she saw she picked up the phone and and she showed it to Pieta, I don't know if you've seen this video, Sinead says here it's going around for nearly a year have you seen it? I, I'm not going to describe it any more than what we've already had because it's it's not good practice to, to do that. But let us just suffice to say that it is a, a live stream video of a man taking his own life. And Adrian was very upset to see it, or very shocked to see it, on her son's device. We'll talk with Piet in just a moment. 0818 96 96 96.
0: Cork's 96FM loves
4: Irish music.
1: As part of Irish Music Month this March on independent radio across Ireland, we want you to take part in our local hero talent search.
4: If you're in a band or solo artist, you could be featured live on Cork's 96FM. It's your chance to
1: win an overall €10,000 prize fund, get your record released and have your music played on 25 independent radio stations across Ireland.
0: For full details, see 96FM.ie.
1: Irish Music Month. This March, proudly supported by Hot Press, IBI and the BAI Sand and Vision Fund on Cork's 96FM. Join the conversation. Email opinion at
0: 96FM.ie. This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cork's
4: 96FM. So, Sinead Rafferty is Southern Regional Manager with Pieta. And I... the first instinct of Adrian was to pick up the phone and talk to someone of your team about this very distressing video and it's a good first move for any parent, good morning
3: Good morning PJ and thank you for having me on um, yes, look, I absolutely, totally agree. I think Adrian, you know, did absolutely the right thing. And I think she's done such a service um, for parents that, that are navigating this in, you know, not only picking up the phone, but actually then d- doing her article for the paper as well to to highlight this issue for parents.
4: When her boy came to her with this video, she seems to think she was more shocked than he was. And that was the most worrying element of it for her.
3: Yeah, and and I was just listening to her saying that, um, and what what I was thinking actually was that even though he may not have seemed as as shocked or as, as as bothered as she was when she seen the video, as a teenager he was still bothered enough to bring it to her attention. Yes. So, you know, sometimes children ca- can mask their feelings, or or you know, it can take them a little bit longer to process information like that. So. You know, I think what's really telling is he did bring it to her, and he did bring it to her. It sounds like quite immediately after he seen the video, so something disturbed him in it, mm-hmm. and and he knew that th- this was not okay. You
4: know, what do you think? I don't know. We were not. None of us were inside his head, but what do you think he was seeking from his mom?
3: So uh, you know. <laughs> but i can only imagine i haven't seen the video um but i can only imagine the trauma of of watching a video like that and and the impact it can have on us um like i mean i suppose we we we, we know the word suicide um so much now in, in our society it's it's a word that we hear so often and and kids obviously hear that as well um but i think you know, it it's such a shocking, it's such a shocking thing to unfold in front of somebody's eyes to watch a video like that. Um, so while, as you said, it's impossible to know what he was thinking, certainly something bothered him about yeah. it that he went to his parents.
4: I'm sure you know? watching a video of that nature at any age is traumatic, Absolutely. but in your teenage years when you are for for the most part in your teenage years and you were one and I was one Sinead so you'll remember yeah. this you are a kind of an uncontrolled ball of hormones looking for a place yeah. to land so seeing this can be very traumatic
3: yeah absolutely and and at that age our brains are still developing so our ability to to process things and and think things through um you know we are kind of more driven by emotion at that time um so yeah so I think you know the key in in all of this is that, you know, the Internet can be a wonderful place. And I think Adrianne acknowledged that at the end and that, you know, it can be a place where people connect. It's a place where can share positive information and, and get information. But it's also a place whereby people can share really harmful content online that can be really impactful on us. So I think for parents, in helping safeguard our kids we almost need to think of you know the internet as you know how we would prepare our kids to to go out into the world like we wouldn't just let them go out the front door and cross the road by themselves by without teaching them how to cross the road i think we need to view the online world in the same way as in it's part of our kids' lives, you know, it has never been uh, more accessible. You know, I know when I was growing up um, and I'll probably tell my age now, but like when I was growing up, the Internet was not as accessible to us. Mm. Where millennials, they're, they're kind of thrown into this world where there is no boundaries. Um, so we really need to prepare kids like we would going out into the world, going into the virtual world, mm. um, you know. and, and and how we do that is, you know, Adrian is a, a perfect example of, you know, she's in some way along the line has given her child the message, you know, if if you are distressed by anything, come to me. Yes. I, I want to support you. I want to hear it. And that's the biggest thing we can do to safeguard our kids because we can't necessarily control the Internet with the greatest will in the world. Um, but what we can do is. Create an environment where our kids will come to us if they do view something distressing.
4: Of course, when your child does that, you then are faced with the dilemma in your own mind. What do I say? Because I don't want to say the wrong thing.
3: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And we're all so afraid of saying the wrong thing, aren't we? But, you know, nobody gets a script for this. And I suppose just to acknowledge from the very beginning, this is really daunting for a parent to, to face and have a conversation with. But the greatest gift you can give your child at this stage is to listen to them. So, you know, just, you know, let them know that if they view any content online, that distresses them in any way, that it's really important that they come and speak to you about it and that they're not going to be punished in any way. Because sometimes kids, I think, are afraid to say it in case and they'll be restricted in some way. So you you want to let them know that, you know, it is a space where they can sometimes see distressing things. It's really important to come and speak to you about it. So in starting that conversation, it's really important that you take a breath yourself as a parent. You know, it's really difficult. It's really daunting. So take a breath, you know, try and go into the conversation as calm as you possibly can. And then it's about, you know, acknowledging, you know, um, that that was a really difficult thing for them to see. Mm. And that, you know, while they may not feel like it has affected them now, sometimes our feelings can change over time and that they can come to you at any stage. If they want to talk more about yes. it.
4: it, it seems to be that they have a fabulous relationship here. That he was able to bring something so serious to his mom when yeah. a child brings that to a parent. Sinead, what are they? What are they looking for? What do they want?
3: I think they the first of all want reassurance. You know, in that I, I. I We'll say if, 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 for example, we'll, we'll use Adrianne's example, you know, he wasn't coming with a specific concern, but let's look behind that. He was coming with something that bothers him. So it's around, you know, how do you feel about that? What, what was it like for you when you watched that? You know, check in with them around how they're feeling after viewing that content. And in our heads, we want to fix it and we want to, to come in with the perfect solution but the perfect solution in that moment is just giving your child the space to explore how they're feeling if they can what will and if frighten
4: they can, uh, sorry to cut across you. go it. ahead
3: and, and if they can't in that moment it might it, it's not forcing but it's reassuring them that they can come back to you and then go and check in with them again a little bit later around you know how are they feeling
4: now what might frighten some people Sinead is well if my youngster is showing me this are they trying to convey to me some message about how they themselves are feeling
3: yeah absolutely and, and I think it's really important PJ that if a parent feels that their child is struggling in any way if they notice any difference um, in their child whether it be in their mood in their sleep, um, you know, if they feel like their their child is more anxious than normal or they're withdrawn or, you know, there's a change in their appetite. Parents are very good at picking up if, if there's something off with their child. And it's really important that you ask that question. If you feel that your child is experiencing suicidal thoughts, it's really important to ask them. You know, you're not going to put it into their head by asking that question, you um, But what you're going to do is you're going to create an environment where they're more likely to tell you if they're struggling, if they feel you've asked and and you're able to hear whatever the reality is for them. That's a
4: very good point that you've made there. You said that bringing it up won't put it into their head. But the converse of that is if it's in their head, they may talk to you about it. Is that it?
3: Absolutely, PJ. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and we can be so frightened of the, of the other that we'll put it into their head. But that's not the case. You know, um, we know research tells us that, you know, if we ask the question, we won't put it into their heads. But what we will do is it's another layer of safeguarding if you feel somebody is struggling.
4: OK. And there are, there are numbers that people can call if, if they do feel at the end of their tether, if they if they feel that they don't know where to start, they can call your your, your people.
3: Absolutely, we have a twenty four hour helpline, PJ, um, that is manned by qualified therapists twenty four hours a day, and it's a really easy number to remember. It's one eight hundred twenty four seven twenty four seven, and and also to say, PJ, you know, GP is, is a really good protocol as well if yes. you're concerned. Um, so so that's just another another professional that, that families will be have a relationship with. Um, but certainly we are here to support people um, that are experiencing suicidal ideation, engaged in self-harm or have been bereaved by suicide.
4: All right, Sinead, Thank you. Sinead Raftery is Southern Regional Manager with Pieta and I don't know if you've seen this very, very distressing video that is going around. Once it was described to me, what it is, I, I chose myself not to watch it. I can imagine that for myself. But it's, it's a fantastic thing, this relationship that Adrian has with her son, that he felt confident enough to bring it to her. What was he asking her when he brought it to her? How does she respond to us? She contacted Pieta for assistance. and I, 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 I think when she was on to me a while ago, she said he was a bit shocked that she might go and do that. But she did because they're the professionals and and they know what they're doing. Their number, if you should want to contact them now or at any time, is 1-800-247-247-247-247. You can contact your GP or you can call 999 or 112 if you or someone else is at immediate risk. Or the Samaritans are also there. uh, 116-123. There's traffic chaos by the bus station Since before nine, they've changed the lights. It seems to be a disaster. Can we get a guard down there to move things? I hope that came in a little while ago. I hope it has eased now, says Mary. It came in about quarter to nine, so hopefully it has eased. I was also this morning on my way in noticing the signs now for the start of restrictions in Coburg Street, and I spotted them last night. I was in Mallow last night. I was driving back through Blackpool. I spotted all the signs up for the start of restrictions, they're closing Coburg Street on the 31st of January and it'll be closed for about a month and when it opens we're going to have those pavements wide enough to play a match on, at least one of them if not more from the look of what I can see going in there, but there are diversions in place, so I predict that with the best will in the world and with the best planning in the world there will be pillamaloo High drama on the morning of the 31st of January. And we'll just have to be ready for it. 0818 96, 96, 96 Two other things. There was a protest on Saturday at CUH. One of, I think, about 16 or 17 protests around the country. There was a national hospital campaign in response to overcrowding, in response to delays, in response generally to the chaos that is or seems to be our health service at present, A&2 Cork joined with a national hospital campaign uh, for a day of protest Maureen was there uh, from the newsroom and she first spoke to John who explained why a national protest had been organised
5: It's not only Cork, it's in every town, and every city you know, right around the country and it's absolutely horrendous to see that people have to come out and do this it's horrendous to see the staff walked off their feet said they are doing the best they can they can't do any more um, I never thought I'd see the day that a hospital—the the full function of a hospital—is to provide a bed. And if you have to go through the NHS system, eventually, then you're processed, you're triaged, and you get a bed. But now it looks like I mean, like there was a case there recently there, and it was on with 96 in other stations. The fact that there was a woman spent 56 hours inside in this hospital behind me here, using her coat as
4: a pillow. No, that's an absolute disgrace. Pascal coffee. there's no real effective long-term planning in the health service and I don't approve of the running down of essential infrastructure. When there is isn't a recession, I know the European Central Bank, I think they're tunnel vision, cutting down expenditure, but day-to-day expenditure, we have to pay our way, but when it's long-term necessary infrastructure, I think that's a good long-term investment and it's creating jobs building hospitals, building
1: schools you are creating jobs when there's other places closing down
4: if there is a demand or a mandate for it if the pressure is on I think the powers that be will
1: respond they usually respond to pressure and to a popular demand well I just think that the, the healthcare system is in serious crisis, it's been in crisis for a long number of years but since Covid it's just gotten worse and I think our nurses were expecting an awful lot from them Um, Our A&Es are in an awful condition, there are people waiting for too long, there are people dying in A&E, and there seems to be a lot of apathy from the HSE and from government about that. You know, I think a lot of people are afraid to go to A&E, even when they, they need it, because they know they could end up sitting on a chair. For hours, our days, you know, just be sent home. And I think it's just horrendous for our, our health care people that they have to deal with this and deal with abuse on a day-to-day basis. Um, the stress they are under is just unbelievable.
3: I'm Becky Keely, the a representative for Cork North West. The people are angry. It, the hospitals are overcrowded. People are literally dying. Uh, we know it's not the fault of the staff. They're under enormous pressure. It's due to constant cuts to the health service, with years and years, especially since the banking crisis. And it's just—it's not good enough anymore. There's a national unrest, and that's why we're out on the streets. We're standing in solidarity with the patients and with the staff.
4: Were you there? Uh, on Saturday.
3: Join the conversation. Text or
1: WhatsApp 083 396 96, 96
0: This is The Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Watch 96 and... M-
4: now Fiona, you have a hospital story for me. Will you give me about one minute to hear something here before we talk, yeah? You no know about the Peter. Right, okay. Just a traffic update come in on the WhatsApp voice notes. This is from Orla.
5: Hi guys. Some of the lights at Dunkettle um, are out, just in case you don't know. The ones coming down from Mayfield and the Dublin Road are out. The ones going into the tunnel are fine, so just let people know. Thanks.
4: Thank you, Orla. Now Fiona I'm back with you. This happened at Crumlin. Good morning,
6: morning, Peter. How are you?
4: Good.
6: Um, my granddaughter was due for a procedure in Crumlin on Friday morning. Yes. And you obviously travelled the day before, Peter, to get started. Nothing. She was being admitted on the Thursday. Mm. And we travelled on Thursday. My sister and my my own daughter and Naomi. And at ten past three, we got a call to say that said they had no bed for Naomi. Crikey. So now Tracy and you were on the phone or were on the train at this stage because obviously you don't want to be getting a sick and a cold baby out and we don't we don't drive. So we go by train. Yeah. So Naomi was scheduled to the a morning for the procedure and they said no they'd no big. So we got on to Katie's key worker, and we sorted out accommodation from, from that night in Dublin because we were hoping that they would ring us Friday morning and say that uh, the appointment would go ahead. So we booked in there on the Thursday night, the girls did with Naomi, and on Friday morning at 10 past 10, we got a phone call to say, head back to Cork. Uh, the next available appointment for Naomi was the 23rd of February.
4: That's over a month away.
6: Which is a month away. Now, she was going for the procedure, PJ. She had the feeding tube on her at the moment, and she was going for, to be getting a little pig in her belly.
4: She's a sick little baby, is she? Very sick little a baby. Sick
6: baby. A sick baby. She, w- when she was born, PJ, she was fine for the first hour, and she stopped breathing after her first bottle, and she was down for 15 minutes, and they resuscitated her, and they brought her back and she was in the NEO for three and a half weeks, four weeks. Right. Uh, she, she has myopathy. I don't know whether you know what that is, PJ. It's um, a muscle disorder. Okay, okay. So How
4: old is she now?
6: Twi- on the 29th of July last year, 2022, she was taken to Crumlin, and she was fitted with rods in her back. Okay which she was, she went through the operation. Uh, the consultant, Mr Cody, came out to Tracy and Casey afterwards. She was down there so long. And he just hugged them and he said, I'm so proud of her. She just smashed this." She was left home from Crumlin four days after the operation. And she went downhill after that then. Now, not regarding her rods, Peter, uh they maintain that she was traumatised after the operation, and she stopped eating. I
4: see. And how old is she now?
6: Flora? She'll be three in May. Okay.
4: Okay. And and it's it, how frequently are you up and down to Crumlin with her?
6: Uh, fairly frequently. Fairly yeah. frequently. Uh, this has never happened to us before. We've always had it. Now I must annoying part of it about it, TJ, about all of it, is that Neo, when we got to Dublin on Thursday evening, Casey and Tracy had to take Naomi out to Crumlin to get her feeding tube changed yeah. because she has to get this cough when she when it's going into her lungs instead of her belly. I see. And even the nurses in Crumlin in the E D department said, My God, why did they have her in this procedure? Yes. She needs it. Yes.
4: So... Well, if they're cancelling procedures that seem to be, to a layman like me anyway, Fiona, that seem to be so urgent on such a sick little girl, it'll tell you just how bad things are.
6: It's just, it's frightening, Peter. And the postman arrived at the house yesterday morning with a letter from Crumlin to tell us that Naomi's appointment was cancelled on Thursday.
4: Hold on. The appointment that you went up for, yes, was cancelled. You got a letter about a gesture. We got
6: a letter about it just in the post, PJ.
4: Oh, for goodness' sake, and, yeah, and no, the next appointment, a, the twenty third February.
6: Twenty third of February, if there's a bed available, PJ. Now Tracy has to take a week off of work, PJ, to go with Casey and Naomi. Um we also have another little boy. Naomi has a brother, uh, Joshua. Okay. He's seven. We have to gear him up. For mommy and his sister going away for we don't know how long. Yes. Do you know? There's a lot of organizing and things going into it. It's not just Naomi and Casey, the a other little tried is there as well.
4: And I'm sure Fiona that nobody thinks that you're being treated lightly in Crumlin. It's just yeah. this is the situation.
6: It's just the situation, Peter. Do you know? any uh, anytime we've gone to Crumlin before that, we've never had any problems. Yes. Do you know where the doc? I'm not blaming the doctors. I'm not blaming the nurses. I'm not blaming any of the staff. But somebody has to answer for it Yes. She spent eight weeks PJ when she came back from Crumlin in the CUH, and we've been waiting since then. And,
4: and they're they not able to the They're not able to do anything for her in CUH. She has to they go. And
6: they don't fit. They don't do these procedures. They don't fit see. the pegs in the CUH which is another shame because such a big hospital. Yes. And that they can't be done. Yes. Do you know? Because the so experts... So, Casey and them. Tracy came back on Friday evening quite upset. I can imagine. So, I just wanted to really let people know, PJ, that it's the hospitals that are in a crisis.
4: And, and you know, Fiona, with this procedure that, that hasn't been done putting it back for a month, it doesn't make it any less urgent. Like, Does it affect her day-to-day that it's not done?
6: It does affect her day-to-day, PJ, because she's straight through the tube, though, for bottles. She's just on bottles and water on the feeding tube. Um, She's the most pleasant baby ever, but having something constantly stuck up your nose, PJ, Mm. uh, she's inclined to pull it out.
4: And how is she developmentally, Fiona, may I ask? Uh,
6: fantastic. She uh, There's nothing wrong with her brain. Wow. She is just a pleasant, happy baby. Right. She is. She really is. She really is.
4: That's that's so hard to there's watch. There's no
6: talking. There's no stopping her talking, PJ. And plus, uh, they said that she would never... Move around, or she'd never walk, or anything. She can go from room to room on her bottom. Brilliant. She's trying to stand up. She's after being fitted for her little wheelchair with the Naval Ireland that we're waiting to get.
4: Brilliant. You know what you she's know, thinking? We have great you know support, what she's thinking?
6: Peter. I will say that we have great support.
4: Do you know what she's thinking? She hears all these people saying, yeah. I'll never walk, and I'll never do this, yeah. and I'll never do that. And she's "And That's, That's what you think?
6: That's what you think, because she can try and get down the stairs if you let her go far enough. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, and Casey has a brilliant keyboard girl, Mary Dalton. She is fantastic with Katie. Right. Because Katie's only 29, PJ. And, you know, to be going through this, she's only younger herself with, like, I, I don't know that she needs baby, but she's, she's our special baby. She was given to us for a reason.
4: Yeah. Got a family support, yeah?
6: Yeah, we have fantastic support, yeah. fantastic family support. I would be lost without my pair, my own mum and my sisters and the whole lot and Unbelievable. Yeah. We have great support from all the networks, PJ. Yes. Yeah. But it was just unfortunate that Naomi really needs this pay no. Not five weeks later. I know.
4: And and has the doctor that will do the procedure been in touch? Have you spoken to them?
6: No, no I haven't spoken to any of them. We tried to talk to all of them on Thursday and Friday, and there was no one to be available from the team.
4: Yeah. Yeah, which is sad.
6: Which is sad. They were in surgery. Service out to the other children that needed their
4: help that day, yeah. I'm not taking that away from the, the no. other sick children. No. Either. No. And you know something, Fiona? What? When, and I'm not. I know it was a different procedure that he carried yeah. out, but Doctor mm-hmm. Kylie, the the great Doctor, the, the name Kylie is associated with magnificent doctoring. You know, wherever you look, and brilliant, yes. brilliant children's doctors. I can't imagine that someone like Doctor Kylie or anyone of that. Stan yeah. is making these decisions. like no. they're not. They just.
6: Peter, oh. I'll, before I finish, I will give you the story of Mister Kylie. Mister Kylie did Naomi's rods. Yes. And Naomi is so clever. Now, when they go into the room, and when they go for follow up appointments for Mister Kylie, Mister Kylie will walk into the room, and you're going to laugh at this. She's two and a half, and she'll say, "Good morning, Mister Kylie," <laughs> and it makes his day. I'm
4: sure it does. Yeah, I'm and sure if he walks
6: does. out of the room to do something, she's sitting on the bed with Tracy and Katie, and she's, come back, Mr. <laughs> Kylie, please, come back to <laughs> me. And that that's fantastic? why when he did the rod, he ran out of the hospital in his scrubs. Tracy and Katie were out the front having a coffee, and he ran out the front, and he hugged both of them. They got such a fright when they saw him running, they thought something something that happened in the operation. And he just hugged both of them, and he just said, Stacy, you have an amazing daughter." Yeah.
4: Yeah. Isn't it amazing? Of all the doctors in all yeah. the world, I think the ones that work with small children—they're—they're they're special. Yeah.
6: They're special. Even we to be sent to Naomi. Stop that. Go away from that. Here's Mister Kylie. No, no, Mister Kylie gone.
4: Alright, listen, no. so is there any hope, I assume you've asked the question, is there any hope that the wait might shorten between now and February?
6: Well, we would hope and pray that we will get a call before the 23rd of February, but it's not looking likely at the moment, Peter. Yeah. It's not looking likely, and then that, if the bed is available, then again on the 23rd of February. I know.
4: May I ask, Fiona, is there, a, is she going to have to have this Peg feeding for life, or is there a hope that she'll be able to feed normally eventually?
6: At the moment, they're saying it's, it's more than likely for life, Peter. But I always say to Casey, we never give up hope. No, no. We never give up hope no. because before all of that, well, since she was a baby, she has had special liquids and things in her bottles to thicken them and everything, so her swallow never developed properly.
4: I see. But, but she seems to be
6: before that she was fine she yeah. loved her potatoes and vegetable and gravy her granddad's potatoes vegetable and gravy no she
4: better loved them every day no better grub but, no better grub
6: yeah loved her grub and you know um, as we say we won't give up hope we won't give well, up hope well, they told well, us that she wouldn't do this and she wouldn't go. do that she's, she's flopping
4: around, around on her bottom going that's what you think
6: <laughs> that's what you think yeah exactly
4: <laughs> Fiona listen lovely talking to you my best to everybody alright PJ, thanks very much for taking the call Not at all, thank you for making the call Thanks Fiona, 0818 96, 96, 96. Back to traffic briefly Tommy The traffic this morning was
1: horrendous Traffic jams in the tunnel Traffic jams in Douglas Summerhill, Blackpool Everywhere
4: Absolutely demented today, thanks Tom <laughs>
0: In 23, we'll cut the cost of living for one loyal listener with the ultimate live free grand prize
1: on Corks 96 FM.
0: Win a holiday, free fuel, supermarket shopping, computers and electrical, concert tickets, fashion and beauty,
1: free food, and a credit union account with cash.
7: Spending money,
0: money. Listen to Casey and Ross in the morning and all day long for your chance to text or WhatsApp in to win. To win live free in 23
1: with cork credit unions here for you always
0: (laughs) only on corks 96 fm (laughs) the lines are live
1: Join the conversation
0: Call 0818 969696. 96,
1: 96, 96. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 Email opinion
0: at 96fm.ie This is The Opinion Line with PJ Coogan Watch 96 FM
4: Less than 40 minutes away now from your next opportunity to qualify for the final of Live Free in 23. The final is next Monday morning. Live with Casey and Ross, you could qualify in the next 40 minutes. Something else you might like to do is win a 100 euro pennies voucher. You can pop online now, take our 10-minute survey at 96fm.ie, voting for the music that we play And that could win you that 100 euro pennies voucher. The Cork 96 of M music panel. You're choosing the tunes. You could win that 100 euro. Do it now. Ten minutes, it'll take you. No more, no less. Ten minutes. 96 fm dot 96 96 On the subject of that protest that took place on Saturday John says there was a very poor turnout from the general public at the health protest on Saturday I was there I think it's time the public takes to the streets outside the Dáil Picket the doyle. Do not let the politicians into the doyle. It's the only way that voices will be heard. And I did hear, John, to be fair now, listening to some of the commentary on the various radio commentary programmes over the weekend, that the turnout at some of these hospital protests was quite a good deal smaller than might have been expected, or indeed, I guess, hoped for by the organisers. Yeah. On the subject of little Naomi, and we were talking to her nana Fiona, that's a very difficult and heartbreaking thing to happen to that family. The HSE should investigate so these gaps in the system are plugged and it doesn't happen again. And another call, we always get calls like this when we hear about the amount of stuff that kids have to go to Crumlin for. I think there should be more procedures like that available in Cork. They only think of the money when they're planning these big centres, not the stress on the families travelling from all over to one place nationally. Thanks. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now the report that came out yesterday—you only have to read the executive summary. Run your eyes through the executive summary. Was a report on the state of play at CAMS, the child and adult and adolescent, rather, child and adolescent mental health service. Basically, it is a mess. It is a shambles, and I'm not exaggerating. That's what the report says. It's a shambles, And it started out with that story from Kerry last year. You remember we interviewed a man whose son was tied up in that. And it just gets worse and worse and worse. And over the years, if I've talked to one parent who's trying to get a child into CAMS or whose child has been through CAMS, some were happy, some were not. So we know for years there have been questions regarding CAMS and what it's all about and how it goes about its business and it has a huge staffing problem. It, it's, it's, it's a mess. It's a mess. Eileen Keane uh, from Jumpstart Your Confidence. You Were you surprised by the report at how bad things are? Good morning.
8: Hi, good morning, PJ. How are you? Um, sadly, um, no, not remotely surprised. I suppose I see it so often on work when people are trying to get support and help and it's just not there. Uh, the waiting lists are so ridiculous. I mean, you know, it's a point of having a service like this, if it's not working, because we've lost so many kids to mental health issues and which could have been sorted out had these services been in place. Like, PG, how long are we all talking about this? Yeah. And yet, it is worse than ever. Like we're looking at the next generation of people, you know, how give me something that's more important than looking after the next generation of people. And we're absolutely failing them miserably on so many levels and Cams being one of them. But Cams has come up again and again. Why are we still talking about it? Why is it still a mess? Why is it still failing kids? Why are their kids struggling? I just don't get it on any level. There's nobody accountable here and it's just wrong.
4: Someone who's no longer on the political playing pitch as it were, um, not publicly anyway, said to me 10 years ago or more Cams is doomed to fail.
8: Well, I'd love to know who actually sets these things up, you know, and who sits around a table and decides how it's going to run and what kind of an atmosphere. I mean, I've heard, OK, obviously there's good people in there as well, but I've heard horrendous stories about it's quite a depressing place. Mm. You know, it's not in an, any way uplifting, which doesn't help the kids going in there in the first place. And that's only the beginning. That's before they're forgotten about and before they're following up on things. Um
7: it's chronically yeah,
8: it's understaffed. Changes. It's under Chronically, and you look at... Yeah. But you look at Pieta House then, and they're doing an amazing job. Yeah. You know, could CAMS not learn, maybe, a thing or two from them? Because they're incredibly supportive and incredibly out there and up-to-date and available. I know they're under pressure as well, obviously, because we have an epidemic of mental health. Mm-hmm. But I would happily recommend anyone there because I rely on them and they're incredible to work with
4: CAMS is consultant led of course and without a consultant you can't have the team and without the the consultant the team can't function so there are huge holes in in the service. I I read a shocking newspaper report Eileen that children were consulting with, with someone in the Middle East on Zoom for goodness sake
8: Well, forget it. That's just a waste of space. I mean, kids need trust. You know, they need open communication. They need to feel an energy in a room. They need to just get a get a get an understanding with the person they're working with or nothing is going to work. I mean, that's not rocket science, PJ. You know, I, I really do wonder about these people who are running these places because they're making an absolute hames of it. But I mean, at the you know we talked about the or you were talking earlier about the health system. I won't start in that now again because I'm actually so disillusioned. I don't know where we're going to go. Eileen, floors but open girls, say what you of.
4: want. I know you don't hold back. <laughs> say what you want because you know uh, stories like what happened to little Naomi like that no doctor wants that to happen yet it happens.
8: But it's horrific. I hear of it constantly. Friends of mine who are traveling from all over the country trying to get up to appointments, appointments canceled at the last minute, Appointment canceled when they arrive, the waiting lists, the lack of management is insane. The way the nurses are treated and doctors is horrific. I have good friends who are nurses and I'm looking at them going, why are you still doing this? Yeah. You know, the stress levels are horrendous. The lack of appreciation from the top level is horrendous. The pay is horrendous for what they do. And I heard someone on the radio the other day, I'm sure it was some politician or other, but I switch off. And Mm -hmm. um, they were saying something like, um, you know, we, we need to make the nurses and the doctors stay in the country for so many years after they qualify. No, in an ideal world, that would be wonderful if these people were treated with respect and treated in the right way for the job that they do. And they're not on any level. There's a shortage of staff. There's a danger in there. We saw what happened to that poor man. Broke my heart, Mr. Healy. Like, in God's holy name, how long is it going to take? I've been in A&E for 8, 10, 12 hours waiting for someone to be seen, looking at elderly people across from me who have no one. And there's no one shouting their corner, and they're left there. I've heard savage stories about healthcare systems where old people are left with, you know, Mm -hmm. whether it is um, underwear not changed, clothes not changed. Oh, my God, it's just... Beyond horrific. And And this is Ireland,
4: like... The fact that so many staff, nurses and doctors, the minute now that they have their qualification and the basic level of experience, they're putting it all into their passport and and headed for the airport. Nobody's asking why. We know why. But no one's doing any formal investigation of why because they already know. Nobody wants to work in our system.
8: But who's accountable then for... Nobody. Nobody the system. Nobody, you
4: know I mean? nobody is brought in before their boss and said, well, you lost more nurses than you hired last year. Why? You lost more doctors than you hired last year. Why?
8: I mean, in an ideal world, you'd love to get someone in a management who's got to come in, clear the decks, you know, go through everything, get rid of what we don't need, reorganize, because it's all organization and staffing. So where's the money going? That's what I'd like to know. Where is the money going? You know, we need nurses. We need doctors. Why isn't there more easier ways to get in? You know, why aren't these people being trained? Nurses are vocational. You know, like teachers are vocational. Why? Yes, we're upping points, upping points, upping points. So we're losing probably, you know, 60% of the people who would be amazing at their jobs because of our stupid, ridiculous, archaic point system that's actually going to push me over the edge. You know, I'm working well, with kids. What every if you look day. at the way we used to
4: I- train nurses, Eileen? Look at the way we used to yeah. train nurses, and I'm old enough to remember friends of mine going into nursing. You went and you registered with Board Altrinch, and you did kind of it was like an apprenticeship on the ward.
8: You Which didn't sense, have to make because I have a suit It doesn't. You didn't have you know? to make kind
4: of college points, and I've no doubt that it's a very good degree. I've no doubt in the world it's a very good degree. But does points in your leaving cert and
8: nurse make? sense i mean it's laughable so let's face it what what does a nurse need her her language for what does she need geography what does she need all these subjects for you know yes biology obviously and whatever two or three subjects then I, i would feel four subjects do it in depth absolutely plenty and let people go in and do whatever the hell they want to do because actually a kid who doesn't do well in school can do incredibly well when they go in to study something that they're actually passionate about and, that and that's what we're missing that the truth. you know so we're getting people into jobs for, we have teaching now don't get me started on this one either because 100% we have amazing teachers who will change our kids lives for the better but unfortunately we have shocking teachers who are power hunters who can destroy our kids in a matter of minutes yeah. they're accountable to no one either
4: that, that's, that's the most important part no one can pull, the, pull them up while I have you there um, Eileen, we were talking earlier on this morning to, to Adrian, who her son, I envy her relationship with her son. It's magnificent. He came to her, I think he's 14, going on 15, with this very distressing video, this suicide video that, that's going around. And she was asking the question, where do I begin to deal with it? Now, she reached out to Pieta. But for other parents who, who will come across this, on their child's devices, where where do they start, Eileen?
8: Well, uh, Peter, this is old news as well. You know what the kids are seeing is horrific, and the sad thing is, a lot of parents won't know it. You know, a lot of kids will go ballistic if their parents take their phones or go routing through their phones. It is impossible to know exactly what they're going through in reality. So communication and trust is, as she said, I read her article actually, and she's absolutely tooting from my own horn because it's everything. We have to have communication. And to be fair, at fourteen, fifteen, some kids would rather, you know, talk to the tree than talk to their parent. So I do think we need to have someone else in that loop. So whether it's an aunt or a cousin or an older sister, I've used it myself, to be honest, where I've used my sister and, and, and it was needed once. And that once was enough. So I do think we all need somebody and we need to have our child very aware that that person is there and their number's on their phone and that that person Mm -hmm. is very aware that they might make an effort in building that relationship a bit. And there's nothing you can't bring to me, nothing. Nothing, you know, and in an ideal world, that would be wonderful if all kids had that with parents, but that's not the reality and that's not the fault of parents either. It's kind of a phase of where kids are, but I do think... Parents need to understand that what the kids are subjected to and open to is horrific, like the amount of kids I work with. And I know for a fact if they want to get involved in learning, learning now how to become anorexic, there's a million videos. If they want to learn how to self-harm, there's a million videos. They have ways and means to absolutely anything. And there is zero control. Yeah. Zero. Zero. Yeah. So these kids are susceptible. And what it does, PJ, is it normalizes a lot of these activities. I've had numerous kids who would self-harm, but actually if they were talking and if they were communicating, it can all be stopped. Yeah. So communication and trust is number one. And I would say to parents, just be really careful. If your child comes to you, for the love of God, don't let them hear you going on talking about it to someone else. Because that's a natural thing for us to do, I think, especially, I'm saying mums because I deal mostly with the mums. But, um, you know, if the kid trusts you, they really trust you. And if they see that you've broken that trust by talking to your friend or your sister or your mother, which is very understandable, now don't get me wrong, but you've got to be careful. Like parents would say, ah, they can't hear me. Believe me, they They can. They are the nosiest creatures on earth. They can hear (laughs) everything. But just don't
4: trust
8: they absolutely can. You know, it's like a zoner. They can just hear it. Um, but if you break that trust, you know, you're going 10 steps back. And our kids have never before needed that trust and that open communication like they need today because they are susceptible to so much horror and frightening content that a lot of them can't deal with. And then they're also struggling, whether it's our ridiculous archaic Um, schooling system and point system, which makes a lot of our kids feel absolutely stupid and useless every day of their lives. Um, These kids are struggling emotionally because they don't know where else to turn. And then they look at these videos and they realise what happens with self harm and and whether it's overeating, undereating, whatever it might be, is these kids are overwhelmed and they cannot deal with the emotion they're feeling. So they look for something that they can control. Yes, and, and that's why these things come into play yeah. and it is so sad because communication and verbal communication really does work right. with the right person
4: Eileen, I'll leave it there thank you, Eileen Keane of jumpstartyourconfidence.com talking about many many things but in particular the desperate state of affairs at CAMS which was revealed It's not in all your newspapers this morning it's in all the television and radio news bulletins as well, just that desperate state of of CAMs, which to be fair, how many calls have I taken on this show over the years from parents who are trying to deal with CAMs and they can't get a service they can't get an appointment, they can't get another appointment it it is a mess a total and absolute mess and such a mess that they decided to release that report early so scared were they or so taken aback were they, the Mental Health Commission, by what's Enid. Sarah, will you hold for me for about two minutes to we'll clear an ad break, yeah? Okay. Thank you're
1: you. Join the conversation. Email opinion at 96FM.ie.
4: This is
0: the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Cork's
4: 96FM. Coming up in a while, why would a mum go carless in Cork and try it at least for a week or two? That's on the way. But Sarah, you want to talk about the topic at hand at the moment mental health and all sorts of things. I like do engage Morning. Yeah.
2: Good morning. Um, I know not too false of cams, but you know, when you take your child there, they'll assist them, they'll talk to you, your your mother is there, whatever. But to get beyond that point is that if they're waiting so long, they're put back into the hands of the parents again, the mother. No, would they not be, we say that the parents could be taught how to deal with situations like this when their children are put back into their care? And how to learn, how to know what to do to help. Yeah. Until they can be seen. Yeah. Some parents just don't know what to do, and that's where the child is in danger then.
4: Mm. I'd, I'd say, Sarah, a lot of parents don't know yeah. what to do when their child is presenting with a problem. They have no idea what to they do. They know,
2: that's what I'm saying. Yeah. So if they were, you know, like this class is for everything today. Mm-hmm. classes for everything to be shown what to do and why not here yeah. this is more important than slimming classes yoga classes and all this kind of carry on it's these children that need to be looked after and their parents need that help but they can't get it
4: so you're suggesting maybe that people would sort of do a course,
2: a course in yes. dealing
4: with teenage mental health
2: De- definitely. Definitely.
4: It's an interesting thought. I've never heard it before.
2: No, it hasn't been there before. Nobody thinks of it. But when you're in that situation and you see some part of your family dealing with it on their own, it's frightening.
4: That's an interesting thought, Sarah. Appreciate it. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Sarah's idea. Throw it out to the floor. That there would be, instead of, as she said, yoga or slimming or gardening or car maintenance classes, that there would be some kind of a course that parents could take to teach them about teenage and adolescent mental health so that the little stuff doesn't become big stuff. It's a good idea. I'm not too sure how you'd go about it. Anyone have thoughts? 0818?
1: Upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.
8: Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
4: 896 96 96. Bernie says, I wonder if it's that helpful, concentrating (laughs) on saying that you always hear the doctors and nurses are not to blame. I'm certainly not saying the lack of resources is their fault. But what would happen if they said, this is dangerous. It's going on in my watch and I'm not accepting it. I actually think that is what happened in continental Europe, places like France and Germany, where the doctors and nurses and patients were militant in maybe the 70s and 80s, and that's how they got such a good health service. We just put up with too much, that you're saying that a nurse who doesn't have the support that they need for their job, Bernie, would say, you know, up with this, I will not put. The problem with that, Bernie, and it's a super idea, is so many of the nurses in our hospitals at the moment are agency staff who are there because they're desperate for work and they, they want the shift and they won't get the shift if they start behaving like that so they keep an awful lot of agency staff on the books because you don't have to give them anything like treat them properly and it's very if a, if a nurse becomes gobby over the resources on, on the ground well it's very easy to not hire her next week but I do take the point. Oh, 0818 96 96 96. Now, Ellie, you decided to ditch the car. Um, you can tell me why, but but how is it going you? for you so far? Good morning.
9: Well, I'm kind of tired this week, to be honest. My legs are taking a little bit of a hit. I live at the top of a very, very steep hill on the north side of the city. And, yeah, I'm feeling a little bit tired.
4: Why did you decide to ditch the car? I mean, you're a mum. You must be a taxi service.
9: Yes, that's definitely part of it. Well, I'm also a journalist. And so I started thinking about this a, a, a good while ago. As you know, I have um, an online uh, newsletter called Yes, that, That's where I do most of my reporting for. And uh, ever since Eamon Ryan made that announcement that he wants to take one in five cars off the road within the next seven years and seeing the response coming out of that, I re- I just started thinking, well, I, I want to know practically firsthand what that's going to look like for people And uh, I suppose I would have lived in the city centre for a very long time or sorry, just Wilton, like much closer to the city centre than I am now. And when I did that, I was largely cycling and walking around and I did the school run by bike with my kids when they were in primary school. But we had to move out of the city centre. Now I'm five and a half kilometres away from the city centre. And uh, as I said, at the top of a very steep hill. And so I just really wanted to see what that was going to be like. And then coincidentally, my vehicle broke down. So I just went, okay, this is it. I'm going to go to go for it. I'm not going to replace it. And I'm going to do at least one calendar a month. And so I, what I'm doing is I'm writing a diary piece every single week, uh, just outlining, you know, things like how much I spent, uh, how far I had to cycle. Did I have any delays? I'm not relying on public transport because I can't. This morning my daughter was late for school. She's getting the 208 bus now because I I used to uh, drop her in the mornings mm. and uh, this morning she was I was cycling off down to the shop and she was still standing at the bus stop with a huge queue of people and no bus in sight. So I can't rely on the buses. So I'm mostly cycling.
4: Mm. How is it going for you so far? Not the best month of the year to be re- re- relying mostly on the bicycle. <laughs>
9: yeah so the first week was just torrential rain and i love cycling actually i cycle for pleasure i like tour cycling and stuff as well and i like to be fit and active and stuff but i had quite a lot of getting around to do so i had to be uh at the end of the first week i had to be in Dunleary, uh for a speaking event i was doing so that required you know cycling to the city and then getting a train to Dublin and then cycling between Houston and Connolly and bringing my bike on the Dart, out as far as Dunleary, you know, you you end up doing some quite extraordinary big round trips. And yet the weather was really bad. And of course, this last week, the weather was icy. And I was seeing on my social media uh, people <laughs> having all sorts of falls off their bikes and mm. stuff. So I was a little bit nervous of that. But yeah, I mean, overall, I suppose, um, you know, in practical terms, it's like cycling beats public transport when it comes to time almost all the time for me so it takes me about 25 minutes to get uh into town from where I am by bike so I'm kind of probably going to choose that over getting the bus and then the unreliability of it and not knowing if you're going to be late for every yeah. single meeting you're going to you know
4: how do you manage so. with a, a grocery shop because you can't lob that into your pannier basket
9: well what I so I have pannier bags, really good quality pannier bags on the back of my bike. I don't have a cargo bike you know there's a lot of stuff out there at the moment about um that there's um that there's grant aid if people want to buy cargo bikes and stuff. Uh, what I do is I have a combination because I use this brilliant service called neighbor food, yes. which is uh Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like um, an online farmer's market. So it's really good quality stuff. So I get almost all my fruit and veg. I get milk in glass bottles delivered to my door from them as well. Um, And I was doing that before I decided to do this just because it's a brilliant service and really good quality. But that's definitely helped with what I have to carry. And then this week uh this last week on friday i just chickened out because it was my daughter's birthday and i was having a party for her and i needed to carry loads of stuff and my partner uh is still driving and i called him and said look will you take me on you know it's still me being car free (laughs) so he took me on a shopping trip and i bought like a load of the big heavy stuff that i just wouldn't be able to lug by bike. I reckon you could get away with doing that maybe once a month. Yeah. Or something.
4: So, so you're what, two weeks into it now?
9: Yeah. Well, Will this you is be the getting the
4: car repaired,
9: Ellie? Uh, I think that one is a goner, actually. I think I'll have to go shopping and look again. But I don't know at the moment. I, what I, You know, the problem is is that Maybe if I had. So I spoke to a couple of people um, for this week's article, the article that was out yesterday morning on machine, And, and uh, so I spoke to somebody called Alison Roberts, who lives in Clonakilty, and she do, has a husband and their kids and they do everything by bike and they don't ha- haven't had a car for 12 years. But their life is quite um, restricted. They both work from home and they homeschool their kids. That's really quite unusual. Most people have to be able to um, commute. And because of the cost of housing, some people are commuting long distances, not necessarily through choice, you know. So I suppose I, I find myself in a situation where for work in the longer term, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to maintain this. You know, I need to sometimes just... Go out and interview someone, uh, you know, and I, I can't be standing, waiting, you know, for an hour yeah. or, you know, finding out that the train has has been uh, cut off and you're relying on a bus trans- transfer instead or those types of things. So in the longer term, I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to do it. But really what I want to do out of this is I want to get a better idea as to a why people are having such a big negative response to what, you know, to Eamon Ryan's plan to take so many cars off the road in such a short period of time. And, and and two, I want to see if I think of any new kind of policy stuff. I mean, what's clear to me from doing this is that we don't have the rural public transport links no. at all. But
4: even, relax- even in the city, but- Ellie, I mean, I live, as I've said before, on two mm. excellent bus routes. I have a bus yeah. outside my door, literally outside my front door, around the clock if mm-hmm. I need it, to the city centre. Yeah. I'm i I'm lucky in that regard. If I lived in another suburb, just another suburb other than Douglas, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have that luxury.
9: And do you drive, PJ, do you mind me asking?
4: I, I drive into work most mornings because I need to collect my son in the afternoon. But in the summertime, yeah. increasingly in the good weather, spring and summertime, I take the bus quite frequently in the morning, drops me off to the Grand Parade. I walk up here, it's a nice little stroll across town in the morning and it's nice and refreshing and I I quite enjoy that. But I don't fancy getting off my bus in Grand Parade and getting soaked to the skin on my walk to work.
9: Yeah, I I mean, I do think, you know, it's very interesting that when when you hear these, because I cover a lot of city council meetings and when people are debating this, the things that come up all the time from people who are not as as in favour of active transport are Cork is hilly and whether or not people sneer at that, I can tell you that is actually a factor. I mean, it really is a factor. Uh, People say that the weather is bad. They don't want to do things like arrive for meetings, you know, looking really windswept or whatever. Uh, You know, I mean, that might be a question of uh, what we consider to be socially acceptable Mm, and stuff. But weather is is one of the things that people say. They say that like, oh, all of these other cities that you're looking at. Um, you know, m- m- like uh, I suppose Amsterdam. You know, Holland is very big for people pointing the finger at brilliant yeah, actors, transport, and stuff like that. It is flat, and and I do, I actually don't think you can discount that. I ended up my the first week that I was writing. Um, I ended up by saying that if I had like I'm very lucky. I have like one adult child, and well, actually, t- technically, two because my daughter turned eighteen this week. Um, and so I don't have like kids that I need to bring to crash. I'm not pregnant I'm not reaching retirement age I don't have a chronic health condition I'm not working a very physically demanding job if any of those things were true for me I don't think I'd be cycling up that hill that I'm yeah. cycling up and any, I think that, that we need reality you, you know when we look at that you know. Do,
4: do you by any chance because we've talked before Have you any? have you by any chance picked up a bit of a head cold in all the rain as well?
9: I actually did have to... After the first week, I was kind of like, oh, God, I I think I'm getting a little bit sick. But actually, I think that, you know, I mean, like cycling and being out there, getting your little bit of extra exercise yeah, and, and stuff, you know, I mean, it's very healthy for you. Like yeah. I did, like I'm sure my immune system is benefiting from yeah. me. Uh, give me, give me the to the middle there. of March
4: and we'll talk more about public transport then is the way I look at it. But Possibly I'm privileged that I can do that. But Ellie, thank you. And all of that, this diary, all of Ellie's diary and lots of other excellent features. You can find it on Tryper Put it in trypandresheen.substack.com and all that information is there. Thank you, Ellie. 0818 96 96, 96. Right, do you want to live free in 2023? Do you? 083 396 96, 96 Text or WhatsApp now and then we will call someone randomly in a few minutes' time and you need to answer your phone correctly. In other words, don't say hello. You say, I want to live free Cox 96 FM call or text or whatsapp me now at 083 396 96 96 just on the subject of sustainable this and renewable that. See an interesting piece in the paper where the numbers of people retrofitting their houses have fallen off a cliff at a time when Eamon Ryan wants more of us to retrofit our houses and do up the windows and incident the walls and put in Heat pumps and change everything about our houses. Retrofitting has fallen off a cliff. People are simply not getting it done. Uh, they're not doing it. There, there, there were four hundred, there were forty-one thousand cavity wall jobs and fifty-one thousand attic insulation jobs done in 2011. All of which can be granted. It. Last year, there was only just under. Five thousand cavity walls done, and just over six thousand attic insulations done, despite the grant. Retrofitting has fallen off a cliff.
0: Join the conversation. Text WhatsApp 96 96 96. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. FM.
1: Right
4: now, phones out of the pockets, out of the handbags, out of the bottom of the baby's buggy and just put it in front of you because it's going to ring. You ready? Live free in 23. Oh,
1: my God! With Cork Credit Unions, here for you always. Spending money.
0: money. Cork's 96FM.
4: Right, the line is up. Let's see what we can do with this one. Two, one, three, two, three. Now, your phone's going to ring. Pick it up and answer it properly.
2: I want to live free with Park 96 FM. At last!
4: At last! <laughs> hey! Katie! Hi. Are you all
9: right? I'm all good. I wasn't expecting.
4: Well, you were about the third or fourth number we rang because the others either had the phone stuffed into the pocket or into the handbag or under the seat of the car, wherever. But there you are. You answered it and you you, you picked up.
3: I know. Thank God. I've been trying all week.
4: Have you? We have had hundreds. Every time I mention it, it the the WhatsApp just goes, stop a second. It goes crazy with people trying to get through. So you're through (laughs) and we are going to put you into... The draw, the draw is next Monday morning with Casey and Ross. It's our grand final. Look at what's on this list. Like this thousand euro on fashion, you could you could buy a bre you could buy a branch of pennies for that. Like <laughs> um five hundred for hair and beauty, the golden tickets for every gig at the marquee, and there's this holiday for two grand. Where would you go?
5: Oh, definitely. Where? New York.
4: New York. Yeah. Simon Mordock keeps telling me how cheap it is to get to the states at the moment, so you'd have a great
1: hand, timing, great timing, a handy few <laughs>
4: quid to, to spend on a holiday in New York. Have you ever been there?
1: No, never.
4: Never. So why New York? What's the attraction?
1: Oh, the shopping.
4: The shopping. See, there yeah. you go. Shopping. It's all. About, <laughs> it's all about the shopping. So have, have you have you smallies? No, no, no. Just myself. Just, 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 just yourself. Single lady. <laughs> Yeah, that's All it. All this hair and beauty. I Take know, 500 delicious. quid <laughs> worth of takeaways. you would be eating till next Christmas.
3: Yeah, so is it.
4: And, and you'll you'll have a queue of people looking to go to the marquee which. you. Oh,
1: I know.
3: So I live with four people, so I'm sure I'll find somebody.
4: Yeah. Have you had anything coming up at the marquee that you'd particularly like to see?
3: Um. Oh, I'd probably go tomorrow now if I
1: went.
4: There you are. There you are. Well, <laughs> you're in the draw, which is on Friday morning. With Casey okay. and Ross, all right. Perfect. so we'll put you back onto the lads there. We we'll get some more details from you. That's our latest qualifier, Casey Fennessy. Casey Fennessy, she's back on there on one there, lads. If you want to get it, get her and get more details off of her. But she goes through to the draw, which is next Monday morning, the thirtieth of January. With Casey and Ross, somebody will win that prize back. I'm just adding it together here in my head. A two. two, four, five, two three, four. there's ten grand's worth of more stuff in there and somebody will win that next Monday morning with Casey and Ross live free in 23 with Cork Credit Unions they're here for you always and it's only on Cork's 96 FM 0818 96 just look back at those um, retrofit stories I was telling you about <coughs> a while ago they've been telling us for years that we want they want us to retrofit our houses and keep down our energy bills and one thing is for sure if you do any work in your house which we did in 2020 we did some work and you have to comply with new insulation standards and all of that now so as part of the building work we got this new modern insulation and then we changed all the windows it was an opportunity to do it but you wouldn't believe how much warmer a house is with better insulation, like the new section that we put on for the boy uh, we built his own little extended bedroom for him, and it's all really well insulated like you can stand there on the coldest day of the year with the heating off. you can practically stand there in your in your short sleeves it's it's so well well insulated and they've had these grants there for people since. Since 2011, you can get a grant to insulate your attic and you can get a grant to insulate your your cavity walls and they had a big take-up on it at one point, like back in 2011, there was nearly 42,000 people got the grant for their cavity wall and there was over 51,000 people got grant for their attic insulation, but that has now fallen off a cliff. Nobody well, very few people are applying for it now. That was way, way, way down last year. Cavity walls, only just under 5,000 people and only just over 6,000 got the attic insulation grant. And the various reasons, the paperwork is a nightmare. It doesn't cover the cost completely. They do want us to retrofit our homes But what's putting people off retrofitting, and any time it comes up here on the programme, I saw a man who did a spreadsheet, and he had gone through, this was a man who could afford it, so he could afford to fully retrofit an old house. And he got everything done, and as he said, and he was very honest about it, he said, look, cash isn't a problem, I've got money. But he applied for everything, and he got the whole lot back in Grant's and he was still about 30 grand short. Retrofitting is going to cost people an awful lot of money, and that's why they're not doing it. That's why people are are, are afraid to do it. Also, in the next hour, um, what is this prime... inner? Has anybody tasted this? Is it just like any one of the other things like Monster or Red Bull or any one of those other ones, the world has gone demented for an energy drink called Prime. Look around social media. You'll find bottles of this stuff changing hands for 100 quid. 100 quid for a bottle of pop. They're going mad for it. Cork children are looking to pay 10, 12, 15 quid a bottle for what's basically an energy drink. It's trading online. You get it on eBay, the place has gone absolutely crackers. Also, your Revolut, how you work your Revolut is going to change uh, very, very soon. In fact, I got the email yesterday, so too did pretty much everyone else who's a Revolut customer. And I'm going to need to get this explained to me because I'm a bit thick when it comes to bank stuff. I love my Revolut, I love to pay for my coffee and my pint or whatever you have yourself with Revolut. Uh, but Revolut is Lithuanian. Uh, it's going to become Irish. They're going to start introducing Irish IBANs, which is going to make Revolut a lot easier to use for your wages and your direct debits and your bill pays and all that. i catch up with Charlie Weston of the Irish Independent to tell us why that's happening and how it might work and how quickly it will work. I got the email yesterday from Revolut telling me that I will get an Irish IBAN in the next couple of months, and that my Lithuanian IBAN will then expire two months after that. And I said, Me Lithuanian IBAN? I had no idea that I had a Lithuanian IBAN, or that I didn't even need an Irish IBAN. I just used my Revolut to pay for whatever I'm paying for, or to send someone a couple of quid to pay for something. We'll explore that with Charlie Weston, and plenty more in the next hour. On buses... You can often see three 208s on Patrick Street and two of them on the other side. It's the most provisioned bus service in Cork, the best provided bus service. If you want to know about the difficulty of using buses, talk about the 203. Compared to the amount of people using it, there are very few buses based on that route. Thank you. The Cork Diary On Cork's 96FM
1: Cork Diary is a free service So if you're a community group A not-for-profit organisation Or you have a fundraising event you would like mentioned Let us know and we'll tell Cork all about it Email the details to Cork Diary at 96FM.ie The
0: Cork Diary With
1: CorkSimon.ie Because everyone who calls Cork home Should have
0: one Cork's 96FM <laughs> The lines are mine.
1: Hello. Join the conversation. Call
0: 0818 96, 96, 96. Text or
1: WhatsApp 083 3969696 Email opinion at 96fm.ie.
0: This is the Opinion Line with PJ Coogan. Cox 96 FM.
4: Okay, so if you use your Revolut and you become as fond of it as many, many people are, because you can do all sorts with it and you can send someone 20 quid and you can split the price of dinner with it or you can pay for bigger things or get bigger things sent to you and use it for all sorts it's very very popular but did you know up to the other day, for example, that you had a Lithuanian IBAN number with your Revolut? Now, that's all going to change. And I'll be talking, I'm talking to Charlie Weston, who's personal finance editor of the Irish Independent. Uh, you broke the story in the last couple of days, Charlie. Before I get to that, though, there's a couple of new financial stories have come out in the last half an hour. Uh, Ulster Bank closing all branches by March 31st. Good morning.
10: Good morning, PJ. Yeah, the the shutdown of Ulster Bank is picking up pace, I suppose you could say. They're, they've 63 branches left and they're saying, look, they'll cease all transactions in those on March the 31st. And those branches were permanently closed on April the 21st. Uh, so you won't be able to lodge cash or get a cheque lodge a check, uh, or you won't be able to withdraw money from an Ulster Bank ATM. Uh, you'll also no longer be able to use the post office to do your Ulster Bank uh, banking services, mm-hmm. and 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 you know the, the, so um, it's it's also saying that if you if you have a current account or a deposit account that's uh, passed its six months notice period, you're now queued for closure, and uh, that in, that in excludes vulnerable customers, but. Uh, if it's queued for closure, you'll get 30 days notice, and yeah. when that's up, then they'll freeze it. So, you know, we're entered the last chance saloon here, it seems, yeah. PJ. They've
4: they've had a very extensive advertising campaign now running for many months for people to to, to get, get their skates on and, and move, and they have they been helping them with that move?
10: Well, that's what they're supposed to design to do, they're not doing any new business, they're not selling credit cards, they're not selling mortgages. So if you're if you're a person who finds all this difficult, go into a branch, of Ulster Bank, anyone that you can find that's still open, and get them to help them to do it for you. Because, I mean, as I say, they ain't doing anything else. So yeah. they are trying to help people. There are vulnerable people, older people, people with you know uh, financial literacy issues. You know, uh, I suppose you are not just comfortable with digital banking. Yeah. And look at it, and even if you're uh, you know savvy and brilliant at online banking. Much of this has to be done manually. Anyway, you have to kind of get on to your uh, payment provider, whether your pension provider or your who pays your the person who pays your people who pay your salary. Tell them, uh, you know, switch your bank, get a new bank account. T- tell your, your 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 people who pay your your money to you t- about it, and then get all the direct debits transferred over, which usually includes writing to them, telling them what your new. IBAN is and your new account number is, and set a date for when you want this done. So you have to do it yourself, really. Yeah. So, there, there, you know, there's it, there's a lot of heavy the lifting.
4: Involved. Age, there's quite a lot of heavy uh, lifting involved.
10: That's a good way of putting it, PJ. Yeah, you know, we, we may have entered the, the, the era of digital banking, but as far as the mainstream banks are concerned, it's, uh, we're still operating with paper, unfortunately. Yeah. So uh, it's it, it's a messy one, and, and there will be people who, who just won't want to do it, kind of holdouts, yeah. if you like. Most people, according to a survey out for, that was conducted by the Banking and Payments Federation, most people have got around to... Uh, opening a new account now they may not have closed off the old Ulster or KBC bank account yet just in case something goes wrong but most people have got around to opening a new account and have transferred the business but there's still about 13% of people who haven't Mm. Um, they'll be the difficult ones now uh, at this stage because they're the people who have problems doing this
4: Yeah. And Other news coming out this morning Charlie from Bank of Ireland an increase in mortgage rates fixed rates as well as everything else
10: that's right. Yeah, no, a little bit of good news on that one. They're increasing their deposit rates as well, but uh, generally bad news for first-time buyers because their fixed rates are going to go up by zero point seven five percentage points.
4: That's hefty. Uh,
10: which it is hefty. It'll add one hundred and twenty-five euros to monthly repayments on, say, a three hundred thousand euro mortgage. Which you know, in in urban areas you'd need a mortgage that big probably. If you're an existing customer and you're coming off a fixed rate and want to fix again or you're on a variable rate or you think your tracker rate is no longer good value, if you want to fix, it's going to become half a percent uh, higher on all their fixed rates. Now this comes after they increased their rates in November so it's the second time they've increased their rates. The good news I suppose PJ is that savings rates are going up. They've a regular saver account. It's going they're going to pay a half percent more on that which will mean you can get 0.75% on their mortgage saver, gold saver and child save accounts. And there's a new one year term deposit account coming out for personal customers paying a half percent. Uh no, they're not huge those amounts and then the you know the 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 mortgage saver gold saver, and child saver there's a capped am- amount there they'll only pay. 0.75 up to 15,000 euros. So, uh, at least for the first time in a long time, we've seen some savings rates go up. I mean, we haven't seen many there. AIB put up theirs a bit. Permanent TSB have half-decent ones compared to the rest, but they're all pretty miserable, actually.
4: They're all pretty poor. Let's come to, to Revolut, Charlie. More and more people using it, very, very comfortable with it. Now, I didn't know... Call me, thick. I didn't know I had a Lithuanian IBAN until I got an email yesterday telling me. Or I read your piece, and then I got an email telling me that I was going to get an Irish one. What's going on here?
10: Yeah, I mean, Revolut has is, is, is got a it's it's got a banking license from Lithuania, and it's it's covered, you know, across Europe. The European Central Bank it will be overseeing what it does, and it comes into a market like this, and in Britain. With that Lithuanian banking license, that's where it's regulated from. But your your IBAN, your bank identification number, and mine as well, because I've a Revolut account. Find it very handy for when I get those um, texts from the nineteen-year-old dad. Read me a tenor. Yeah, uh, you know. But it starts with LT rather than the Irish ones, which start with IE. And that is often a problem. Some some utility companies, some insurers, uh, you know, if you're trying to set up a direct debit, th- th- their system rejects a, a, a um, an IBAN that starts with LT, even though they shouldn't, even though there's rules in place to, to mean that we should have, you know, you should be able to get payments and make payments across Europe. Uh, it shouldn't matter. But it does happen. It happens quite a lot. It means it's very difficult for people to set up direct debits. It means it's difficult for get to get their employer to pay through their Revolut account. And there's about two million Revolut account holders in this country. So this is very good news. If you you know if you, if you're given up on Ulster Bank because you have to, or KBC, or else. You you like Revolut? You can now get your employer to to pay your money into your Revolut account. There shouldn't be a problem. You will get an Irish IBAN in the next month or so, and um, you 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 you'll be able to set up direct debits far easier and shouldn't be getting the bounce back what they call IBAN discrimination where. You know, the the, the, the the company you're dealing with rejects that IBAN. So this is a nightmare scenario for the banks, but it's very good for Revolut
4: customers. Yeah, well, the, the, I get to the, why it's a nightmare for the banks in a minute. But in terms of the customer experience, and one thing about Revolut is it's so flipping easy. Will this change anything in that regard?
10: It will make it even better, as as a you know. I mean, the the, the 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 technology is so superior. It's so quick, isn't it? You know, I I can send that tenor to that nineteen-year-old yep. daughter of mine, and she gets it in seconds. You know, before I can text her to say it's gone, she's back to me saying, "I got it, Dad. Uh, thanks." You know, uh, sometimes you get thanks, but anyway. Um, <laughs> but you know, it is, it, and it's just an easy app to use. It's a money app, and it's very. It's very easy to use. You can save in it. There's this vaults thing. Um, It tells you what your spending is. Uh, It's it's widely accepted. Um, I was in Iceland for a few days uh, last year, and my AAB credit card was being rejected all the time because it wasn't a European currency. But Revolut payments were no problem, you know, no problem whatsoever. I just put money into the Revolut account and, and, and it got it through that way. So, you know, I, 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 it, it will make that experience even better for people. It'll It'll mean they offer a wider service now. The downside is you don't get a credit card. You don't get a mortgage yet from Revolut. Mm. So it's not a full banking service. You can't get to talk to anyone. They don't have branches, you know. Uh, so you know they're all downsized. But yeah. that's not a worry for younger people who are di- digital savvy. They yeah. don't mind that. They're, they're not interested in going into branches. They don't use cash anyway.
4: And one thing I've noticed about Revolut, or at least people have contacted us here, if you run into a problem with it, and if you didn't read the terms and conditions, that's your responsibility. They expect you to know the terms and conditions before you do anything.
10: They do, and, you know, the other problem, that's that's certainly an issue, and there's another big problem where people get their accounts frozen sometimes because there's a suspicion of, of uh, some sort of uh, fraudulent activity on their account, and they may be entirely innocent of this, and it's damn difficult then to get it restored again. I get a lot of people onto me with issues around that, so... You know, the customer service part of things could really be improved by Revolut. They're a fast-growing uh, company, w- 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 would, you know, wouldn't have the legacy of staff and um, infrastructure that the big banks have. And so that's the price you pay then for yeah. uh, an operation like Revolut. You know, AIB has an extensive network, so as Bank of Ireland, Permanent TSB is growing They have people on the end of a phone. They have branches. You don't get that revolute, but you do get fast payments, and it is easy to
4: use. Why are the other banks nervous about this, Charlie?
10: Because the future is not, uh, you know, uh, with clunky old banking systems that they have, these legacy systems. The the, the banks have have funded, and have been talking about for a while now, bringing out their own instant payment system. Uh, They set up this company called Cinch. And, yeah. and uh, they have a new payment system with this ridiculous name of Yipay, y- Yipay, I'm not even sure how you pronounce it, Yipay, I think it is. We're still to see it. It was to be launched. There was talk that it might be launched at the end of last year. It, it hasn't been launched yet. So look at it. if you're somebody who's looking at their options with, with Revolut now with Irish iBands becomes a real option. Uh, you know, to to run your current account banking, you know, your day-to-day banking. And and because the big banks don't have a a fast payment system as yet and they're just still talking about it. It's got regulatory approval by the competition uh, body, but it's not there yet. So, yeah, that's a, that's, th- th- this is a nightmare for banks because the Revolut has got 2 million customers in a very short space of time.
4: It's eating their lunch, PJ, basically. Yes, yes, yes. I mean, and you talked about the ease of use. On holidays last year, I was in Tenerife and we went to go on a bus, bus ride, a reasonably long bus ride. So the fare was about 26 quid for the three of us, which, when you think about it, like, 26 quid for three of us. And my AIB card wouldn't tap. But I opened yeah. the Revolut on my phone and straight through, and that's yes, it's, That's the easy view you're talking.
10: It is, and you remember that. You that's ingrained in your mind. You know, I got out my AIB card, my Bank of Iron card, my Perm card abroad. It didn't work, uh, but the Revolut one did. So you know. And Revolut as well, good on foreign exchange transactions fees as well are relatively low. So, the fact that it works is 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 puts it, you know, at an advantage over the banks. That's a huge thing, PJ. Yeah, uh, you know, your your traditional banks are struggling to catch up here.
4: Yeah, all right. Okay, Charlie, thank you. Always good to have you on The Opinion and Charlie Weston, personal finance editor of the Irish Independent. 0818 96 96 96. So nothing's going to happen. You're not going to get strange letters from strange people about your new IBAN. You're just going to get your new IBAN from Revolut. Mind you, I suppose people working in banks will worry that Revolut is growing. It's becoming a giant it's a giant with very few staff and need for very few staff because it's so computerized and so automated and so instant. It's going to worry staff in the in the actual banks. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Casey and Ross in the morning. Weekdays six to nine a.m. On quarter-
0: FM. This guy was amazing. This guy from Croatia
4: and he was, he's actually one of the best salesmen I've ever spoken to in my entire life. And was it because he was so nice? Nice,
8: informative.
4: Do you know that I'm a pretty nifty salesperson as well? Go on. I'm really, really good you at The old Jordan Belfort now on me. Okay. Send me this pen. Here's a pen, yeah. alright? How much would you give me for that pen? Uh, 50 cent. Sold. There you go. Thank you very much. Wow. Casey and Ross in the morning. You can now order your
1: 231 electric Skoda Enyaq from No DC Cars. Skoda's sales dealer of the year. Exclusively Skoda in the City. 96FM Join the conversation Email opinion
0: at 96FM.ie This is the Opinion line with PJ Coogan Courts
4: 96FM In case you missed the main story of the morning locally, we told you about this at 9 o'clock and it's been in the news all morning. The man can finally now be named. He's Dylan McGee He's 32 and he's from Churchfield and he has appeared this morning at Cork District Court charged with the murder of 89-year-old Matthew Healy on Sunday morning at the Mercy Hospital. He has been remanded in custody to Cork Prison. And will appear in court again on the thirtieth of January. That's the basics of it. A man charged with the murder this morning of uh, Matthew Healy. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Now Operation Transformation is on television again. It's not something that I that I well if it's on I won't turn it off because I find it mildly amusing sometimes. But but there are certain elements of it I don't like. I've never liked the the public weighing of people on television. But over the years, it's got a massive following. People turn out in their hundreds to run with one of the leaders. It's a hugely successful television program that runs every January and February for about seven or eight weeks. Over the years, there have been a number of voices raised against it. Against the principle of it, against what it does, what it purports to be. And one of those voices is Joe Muscalu, who is on a podcast, the Binge Eating Dietitian podcast. She's also on Instagram, the Binge Eating Dietitian. She is a fully registered uh, dietitian, Irish, but Boston based. And Joe, you are effectively leading a campaign to have Operation Transformation taken off our screens. Good morning.
7: Good morning, PJ. Yes, ideally, that is what we are campaigning for, to have Operation Transformation taken off our screens entirely. Initially, we were pushing for funding to be withdrawn because it is, up until this year, it has been funded by the health service. But ultimately, our overarching aim is to have it taken off air completely. Why? Lots of reasons. Many, many reasons. I'm um, an eating disorder specialist dietitian, meaning I see people in my practice every day who have been harmed by some of the practices that are promoted on OT. Practices like calorie counting. Restrictive diets, starting an eight week diet plan and doing really, really well in it for a while. But then at some point falling off the bandwagon down the line. And I'm using the term bandwagon in in air quotes there because that's what people think is happening to them. Mm. But in reality, that is just the nature of diets and OT is a diet like any other. They go well for some time, you do lose some weight, and that's why the show is popular, because the people on it do lose some weight in the in, in the longevity of the show. But sadly, and I wish this wasn't the case, but sadly, dieting does not lead to long-term weight loss. In fact, most people who start a diet, like OT, lose some weight and then regain it back plus more in the longer term. So that is one of the biggest reasons why I'm campaigning for OT to be taken off air. It also, sadly, and your listeners mightn't like to hear this, but sadly, weight loss reality TV shows like OT, they do do spread this message that fat equals bad and that being overweight equals bad and that you are... bad person or you're not doing your moral duty by not trying to lose weight and it sadly does spread a kind of Mm. hatred of fat people which is called fat phobia and we don't like to admit that but it is very very rife in in society all around the world and in in irish society too
4: but is it not the case and and have doctors not always told us that one of the ways to remain healthy in life is to maintain a, a regular weight
7: Absolutely. This this is the message that we've all received right up until today. We've all heard this message that keeping our weight at a certain point and not letting ourselves gain too much weight is going to be good for our health. Yes. However, this is the nature of science. The science on this is changing. And now, just in the last five years or so, and in Ireland, even in the last year and a half, two years, Obesity specialists, medical doctors are becoming more comfortable with, with the message that actually weight is not always a personal responsibility. And if you are someone who is overweight or obese, that may not be all of your fault. That may not be your fault whatsoever. And this is the, this is the, 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 The thing that's changed here a lot since OT started in 2008, the science has changed a lot, but the show has not kept up with the science. Is
4: is it not the case, though, Joe, that if you are uh, overweight and I I use that term in in quotes, it's not good for your heart. It's not good for your circulation. It's not good for your health to be carrying too much weight about. Or or is that something that, that we think differently about now?
7: It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a nuanced message for sure. It's a complicated uh, message. It can be true. I'm not denying the fact that it can be true, but it's not always true. And losing weight isn't going to be ap- appropriate. It's not going to improve your health in many cases. It is a myth that weight loss always equals better health, either better heart health or, or better global health. It's not always the case
4: okay why do you think that operation transformation is as popular as it is then
7: oh it's 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 so clear it shows that transformation like it's 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 in the title we all love to see a transformation whether that's a, a house been taken from you know a, a total fixer upper to the most beautiful glam house that you would be just dying to live in. We all love to see a transformation and it, it sensationalizes what in fact is something very, very challenging for most. I'm sure your listeners, and I, I know this just from from doing the job that I do, your listeners have tried dieting. Your list, you have tried losing weight yourself and you know what happens. It goes well for a while mm. and that's the bit that OT are capitalizing on is the bit of when it's going really well. You don't see the hardship behind it. No,
4: Now, I have spoken to people about weight loss many times on The Opinion Line, Joe, and what they've said is, yes, the first six to seven to eight weeks, you're going to lose weight. But then the choice is yours. Do you maintain this new lifestyle and continue with the exercise and continue with the proper eating? Or do you go back to the way you were? Because if you went back to the way you were, well, you're going to go back to the way you were. So it's a lifestyle change rather than just eating differently. Again, am I right? Am I wrong?
7: Yeah, I think that that brings up a really good point. O- OT does have some really positive elements to it. The The community factor, getting, getting, ac- getting active, getting your family involved in cooking homemade meals, eating more fruit and veg, even these things are all usually actually really, really good practices that I promote all the time too. However, it's when the focus comes on the scales, comes on weight. Mm. So if you, yes, you're right, if you're someone who has lost some weight over six, seven, eight weeks and they are choosing to if you want to continue this lifestyle, if you are solely basing your progress on that number on the scales, it is going to be a short-term effort. Mm. I would suggest, and this is what you know we want OT to take on board too, is pulling back the focus on weight. Get in the health, healthy behaviours, the increasing exercise, home-cooked meals, family involvement, all of that great stuff. But why bring the focus of weight into it? You will do your health much more benefit focusing on all those behaviours rather than what that number on the scales is. Mm-hmm.
4: The, the weigh-ins still happen. Uh, and that's the bit that I think you find the most problematic is people being publicly weighed on television.
7: Yes, the, the fact that they're happening and that, that that information is shared with the audience and the leaders get this great round of applause when they lose a lot of weight. And, you know, we're not focusing our, our campaign on the leaders. We understand why people choose to go on this show. But the thing is, and maybe if you've lost weight yourself, you know that when you are doing well, you get all the praise, right? Mm. You get the claps, you get the, you get the applaud, you get the well done. What are you doing? Share it with me. But then when you gain weight, that is all taken away and there's a serious void left where you suddenly don't have that praise anymore. And that can be really mentally stress, stressful for people.
4: You talk a lot, Leslie, uh, on your Instagram and your videos about diet culture. What is, define it for me, Joe. what is diet culture? Diet culture
7: is how normal it's become, how normalized it's become for your sister, for your mother, for your children, for your colleagues, for your neighbors, for your extended circle to always be talking about trying to lose weight or maybe not in that those terms, trying to be good is a good one. And again, in, in air quotes, trying to be good, try not to be naughty, shouldn't bring cake into the office because that's bad and we're all going to lose weight and, and, and you know, our our waistlines will increase as a result. We have become a world obsessed with with trying to cut back on on calories, cut back on eating, cut back on on our on our weight. And what is the saddest thing is that for a lot of people, that results in a rebound effect, yeah. where there's periods of being really out of control around food, can't stop eating, but vowing to get back onto the diet on Monday. It's the normal, the the normalcy of, of dieting nowadays. That's how I'd best describe diet culture.
4: What I always used to think about Operation Transformation was, was it a, an open goal to put it on there in January when half the country is trying to lose what they gained over Christmas? Mm
7: Mm-hmm. Completely. It, it it was completely capitalising on the nation's desire to try something new and to 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 have a, a health kick for, you know, for the new year. No different to how the gyms capitalise on it too and have great increases in their subscriptions in January.
4: I'm very sure that the producers and, uh, you know, the people behind Operation Transformation would say to you and indeed to me for talking to you about it, well, everything we do is is backed up medically. Everything we do is backed up physiologically. You know, it's it's all safe, it's all proven to be safe. You would disagree?
7: I would, absolutely would disagree. And if that is the case, if that is true, myself and the other members in the campaign group, we are happy to hear that. But show us the evidence, show us the leaders who joined OT in 2008, 2009, 2010, right up until until last year, and show us how they are managing their weight loss Um Throughout the years, that's that's follow up. That's what the Irish public deserve is to see the longevity of the intervention that they're promoting year on year.
4: Oh, so go back maybe five years, go back ten years. It's on the air now. How many? Nearly fifteen years. Go back five years. Go back t- ten years. Talk to the people you had on then. See how they're doing now.
7: Exactly. Why not? Uh, why not? If, if they're doing really well on the OT plan in all these years, then they would be happy to to show that to the public. Mm-hmm. So that's why we, you know, we're we think it it is a disgrace that the that the we don't know how these people do after those eight weeks. We don't know what their lives are like for the rest of the time.
4: Well, Joe, it's it's in full swing again now, season fourteen or fifteen, mm-hmm. which is why we wanted to talk to you. I've enjoyed our yeah. conversation. I wonder what listeners yeah. will make of it. Thank you for being with me.
7: Thank you so much for having me on.
4: Cheers. Joe Muscalo, the binge eating dietitian, is her podcast and she's on Instagram also. I, has anybody listening ever tried the operation transformation method and has it worked for you? Not while the show is on, because it will work. If you follow it while the show is on and follow what the leaders are doing and follow the instructions on the television, well, yeah, you will lose some weight. But what about the lifestyle afterwards? And there's the point that Joe is making. Should we be able to go back five years, ten years, and say to the, the leaders or anybody else who took it on board to try, well, did it work? Not so much did it work while you were on the telly, because it does, but did it work afterwards? How are you a year on, five years on, ten years on? Anybody listening to me who ever, ever tried it and ever tried the methods... And is it is it going okay for you, or does anyone completely disagree with Joe and say no? It's just a good television show. We follow it, and that's, that's that. She maintains that it is it shouldn't be on because it promotes certain cultures in our society. As I said, you'll find her on the binge eating dietitian. That is her podcast. Talking earlier on about teenagers and and the things that they come across and they're doing, and you know, we as parents are struggling to keep up with them and there's a serious side to it but there's a lighter note too reading a piece of research this is in the the Daily Mail but it comes from the University of Michigan and they studied chimpanzees who are meant to be our closest relative in nature so they say why you do this I I don't know but it's interesting They, they, they studied chimps chimpanzees in the Congo the Republic of Congo and they did age research into them. And you know the way human teenagers become this sort of ball of emotions and and hormones and they act out and they misbehave and they rebel and they... We all did it. We all did it. And teenagers doing it now just like we did it a few years ago. It would appear from the research at the University of Michigan that chimpanzee teenagers do it as well. I, I'm not making this up. It's, it's there and... they take more risks they are more likely to be bad tempered than their parents and this is all being used by scientists to prove that well actually our closest relatives in nature are the chimps fascinating they actually studied chimpanzee teenage behaviour to see are we really cousins and actually it seems like we are just thought I'd throw that in there for what it's worth. So chimpanzee teenagers are every bit as bold as our teenagers. O eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Couple of different views coming in on Operation Transformation and on Joe's belief, her firm belief as a registered dietitian, Boston based but Irish, her firm belief that it should be cancelled completely, that it is not it not a good model or not a good plan to be setting out for people on television
1: Join
0: the conversation text WhatsApp 96 96 96. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. 96
4: FM Hi I am a pharmacist and I'd love to know what situations your speaker thinks this being Joe your speaker thinks weight loss will not benefit one's health I'm disappointed a statement like that is not challenged. Can we get some examples? If you're overweight, your heart has to work extra hard to pump blood through your body. The harder your heart pumps, the higher your blood pressure. It benefits everyone. Well, what I did say, if I remember correctly, was I said, are we not always being told that to be doing the best for our heart and doing the best for our blood pressure and all of that, we need to maintain a healthy weight. So... Joe's belief is that the science is changing on that. She, she's at the forefront as a registered dietitian. So if, you, if you'd if you like to take it further and take a call, then I'd love to hear from you. I think it does make people think unhealthily about weight, even if they don't intend to. It even makes me think of losing weight and thinking about unhealthy ways of doing it before I just walk. Do you know who has a very healthy attitude to problem weight, the way it's handled, is Dr. Oz. He shows it's unhealthy, but he's very good about making sure that people have the right attitude in their life, mental health and long-term weight management. Badly handled, it can all drive people into hospital. And ain't that the truth? I've been saying for years, I'm someone who is happy in my own skin. There's rather more of that skin than I would like there to be. And someday I may need to address that. But right now, I'm OK. Thank you very much. 0818 96 96 96. The World is gone mad for a thing called Prime. And I don't, this isn't Amazon Prime now. This isn't anything to do with that. It's just called Prime. And I'm told it's not actually an energy drink. It's a hydration drink. And it's fetching 15 quid a bottle down at the Mad Store on North Main Street. Peter Galvin joins me. Peter, it's, it's a craze like none I've ever seen. Morning. PJ, good morning, how are you? Good, good. So where did this stuff come from? It's just like another one of those monsters or Red Bulls or what is it?
11: So basically, look, the background on the whole the Prime situation is that there was two massive influencers. You had um, Logan Paul, who was um, an American YouTuber. Yes. And you had KSI, who was a Manchester-based rapper. And these two lads had a bit of beef online on social media, so they decided to organise uh, a white-collar boxing event. And it was um, the YouTube World Championship. And that was a pay-per-view YouTube fight. It was one of those, apparently one of the best pay-per-view um, internet launches. And that then was viewed by nearly a million people. And these two lads have probably a combined 50 million followers. So you can see their age demographic would be uh, a younger generation. So they had um, two fights in total. They fought in 2018 and 2019. And after their fights, they came together. Obviously, there was a bit of momentum behind them, and they joined forces, and they came up with this um, prime drink brand. And from there, it's just snowballed from mm. that point. So, like, that's basically the, the background on the drink itself.
4: Right, and it's fetching. Now, you're charging, what, 15
11: quid a bottle for how much yeah, of it? It's retailing, it's retailing at 15 euros a bottle for a 500-bill bottle. Crikey. So yeah, it is a it would be kind of on the upper scale of things, but again, it's down to the simple equation of um supply and demand. Right, the supply can't beat the demand. And is there? So, any, I mean,
4: uh, is there something special in it for fifty? Because any number of five hundred milliliter drinks I can buy for an awful lot less than
11: than fifteen quid. Well, look, come here, it's a very straightforward drink. It contains amino acids. It contains electrolytes. It contains um, multivitamins. It's a it's a multivitamin hydrating hydration drink with electrolytes inside it.
4: It's like uh, the Lukehead Sports or some one of those is it?
11: Well, effect we uh, at only 20 calories a bottle as well so it's kind quite, quite low on that. But it's just the brand, it's just the bottle, it's just uh, the Marcus so it's just the demand It cannot keep up with this Supply of this product
4: Can you keep up with demand? Have you got a queue in the door for it? Have you people coming in looking well, for Well
11: no it? people have been queuing People have been ringing um, Our supply chain at the moment is steady Like this stuff was retailing A month ago over in the UK there was, well, Some retailers were selling it for 100 euros a bottle It was just it was just a demand It was just a frenzy So at the moment now it is stabilised And it has come down in price So, What, what, what kind is- of
4: stock do you have And where are you getting it from?
11: Well, we have a couple of pallets. So we, we, we import as well. So we have um, we've a big network of suppliers. So if something is hot, you basically try and get it. Yeah. So um, we have got it in. So what we have heard is that there's actually no problem producing the product. The greatest challenge the product has, and this reflects the price of the product, is the packaging of the product, the labeling of the product, the bottles of the product. And also the freight, some of it has been flown in from the United States, so you can imagine the, the, freight uh, carriage. the carriage on that. Yeah. yeah. So like when stuff is coming in by sea obviously it's significantly cheaper, but when you're talking about air freight, that puts massive costs onto a product.
4: And it's not being made here is it is it being made in the UK?
11: It's been made in the UK, it's been made in Holland, and it's been made in the United States. So they're three of the um, the suppliers that we would have. Right. And and is it something
4: that you think Peter will just Blow itself out in the in the, in the fullness of time, or is is a fifteen euro hydration drink here to stay for a bit?
11: Well, it's definitely here to stay for a bit because it is, it is again the supply is the greatest issue, mm-hmm. and obviously everyone wants it. All the retailers want it, so obviously the orders are coming in thick and fast, and they just cannot keep up with the packaging with the bottles. That is the greatest challenge they have. Wow! So wow. basically, as as fast as it's being produced, they can't produce it fast enough.
4: The cynic in me says the only person making money out of Prime is Logan Paul and
11: his pal. Well, 110%, but like, uh, there's, there's another, a lot of people along the lines, you know what I mean? And it's like that when the demand has come up, the suppliers, they just crank up their price. Yeah. It, it can be like a stock market, PJ. Have you tried it yourself? I have tried a bottle of it. It's actually quite refreshing, do you know what I mean? Is it nice? No, is it sweet? It's what, nice. It, it, it's sweet. It's very nice. It is like a a a, a tasted water for all the world. There's coconut water inside it as well, so there's a lovely, lovely taste of it. Right, right. And do people come back for more? Are they just taking one bottle or two bottles? You've got very different clientele. In some of them are coming back for more. Some of them are just quite happy to have the bottle. So what they'll do is they'll drink the contents of the bottle and then they'll fill up the bottle of water and they just have the bottle in their hands. It's just a thing to have at this moment in time for that demographic. Yes, that's the that is the secret of it so that, that that's what the demand is so it's just like an accessory you know over the years there's always something is in fashion there's always yeah. something which yeah. is hot at that moment in time and at this moment at that time as they say it is prime time wow. so that's the, the long and the short of it really alright Peter thank so you. Like okay. the, you you can see online there people are selling bottles in empty bottle for 10 euros an They're empty bottle in, I know uh, and, a, and a the th- kids th- are selling them in school for 10 euros there was a child yesterday saying that he, there was a kid in his school selling a sip of it for 10 euros so he was a great entrepreneur
4: (laughs) (laughs) selling an empty bottle for 10 quid mind you peter you're old enough as i am to remember the time that a guy stood on the date late show and said he was going to become a millionaire through selling bottles of water
11: that's a fact yeah that is a true story and everyone laughed at him too
4: that was the man behind belly belly gone i think and and people (laughs) laughed at him and now here we are selling empty bottles for a tenner
11: yeah, yeah but then I've seen they're online then people as well they're making lamps out of them and they're kind of retrofitting <laughs> the bottles into other objects so like it's it's just a hot thing at this moment in time yeah with till Amazon come looking for their slice oh I know they they'll be always out yeah the big yeah. fish
4: alright how, how are things going for you inside there that very unique store the big green man sit up in the
11: front of it he was. He's after retiring now again until next Halloween. So he'll probably be back again next October, if it was. So, um, business is good. Look, there's uh, challenges every day in every business, but yeah. look, all you can do is put your head down and just keep going.
4: Good, good. All right, Peter Galvin from the Mad Store on North Main Street, and fifteen quid for a bottle of this prime stuff, and they're they're selling the empty bottles for a tenner. Like that's entrepreneurship, if ever I heard it. Live free in 23.
1: Listen and win. Oh my god! Yay! a year to remember. Relax, relax. Spending
0: money, money. We'll cut the cost of living for one loyal listener with
1: the ultimate live free grand prize: win a
0: holiday, free fuel, supermarket shopping, computers and electrical, concert tickets, fashion and beauty, free food, and a
1: credit union account with cash. Spending money, money.
0: Listen to Casey and Ross in the morning and all day long. For
1: your chance to text
0: or WhatsApp in
1: to win. To win.
0: Win. win win. Live free in 23.
1: With Cork Credit Unions. Here for you always.
4: Only on Cork's 96 FM. That's it for today. The program edited by Ima Rohe, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. Thank you for joining the conversation in any way that you did. And it all starts again tomorrow morning, just after nine.
3: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands.